Welcome to The Paulist, a daily comics analysis podcast hosted by me, Two Ply, on Twitter at T-W-O-P-L-A-I or twoply.tumblr.com. You can email me at twoply at gmail.com. And The Paulist can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Um, what I do every day is I pick a comic book. I do analysis of that book, sometimes from a literary or storytelling perspective, sometimes uh, from an artistic, aesthetic, formal perspective, and sometimes with some cultural and social analysis. Um, I'm an academic. I'm a teacher. Um, I'm a, a, a father and a fan and a critic. And so I'm excited to do this with you. Um, I realize I've had kind of a stock introduction that I've replayed every day, and it's a daily podcast. And what I want to do, I mean, the nice thing about a daily podcast is it affords me the opportunity to improve. Um, I'm kind of treating this as a no regrets kind of thing. I record, I throw it out into the world, and probably a third of the episodes I would uh, scrap them if I gave them a second thought as to whether or not I should release them for quality. Um, But sometimes I'm recording like I did last night and and like I'm doing tonight really late at night and I'm kind of addled and I can't remember words like um, surrogate or misanthropic um, and I forget names of creators and titles and and the past history and the vast um, stuff that I've forgotten already about comics and so um, sometimes I think uh, I just uh, you know uh, probably good for me to just throw out (laughs) whatever I've got and and put it out there into the world anyway I just uh, appreciate you listening and um and would love uh feedback uh one of the things that I want to do is I want to um you, you know start showing some appreciation for those of you who have been listening and following and from time to time I have um my copy of whatever uh, work it is that I'm reading. It might be a single issue, it might be a trade paperback, it might be a graphic novel. And what I want to do sometimes is just a way of showing appreciation is to just let folks know when the copy, my copy of the work, um, is one that I'd love to give away to somebody who listens and is interested. And uh, that's the case today. I'm going to talk about Plutona, written by Jeff Lemire, with art by Emmy Lennox. And um, the trade paperback and hardcover of the book come out tomorrow, Wednesday, um, New Comic Book Day, July uh, 20th. But um, I do have the a few of the single issues, and I'd love to send the first issue, um, the first printing of Plutona, I'd love to send that to one of you um, if you're listening. And so if you send me your address um, or an address to send it to, it doesn't matter to me if it's a P.O. box or whatever, your work address or whatever, I'm not going to throw you on any mailing list or anything like that. Um, so it's really just, uh, you know, my, my sole intention is really just to say thanks for listening and um, to kind of share this love of comics. Any, anybody who's sort of friends and family with me knows that I love um, I love sharing and, and often giving away books. It's sort of a, a habit, personal passion. Um, and so I'll send you, uh, you send me the address, I'll send it, you know, through media mail. And I don't know if it's going to show up in, in tip-top condition. It's bagged and boarded, but... I'll send you my Plutona number one, um, just as a note of thanks. And if it's it's claimed and it's taken, I'll have to politely let you know that uh, keep listening because next time uh, I have I have a book, a copy of a book that I'd be happy to give away. Um, yeah, get on it and send me a message. And you know, if you're uh, not the same person every single time, then I'd be happy to to share with you. Okay, 
listen to last night's episode, um, which was talking about um, Old Man Logan issue number eight. And I do want to work on my efficiency as a podcaster. I know that, um, you know, there's better and worse ways to do this. And I have 30 minutes and I want to sort of get to the sweet um, heart, <laughs> the the sweet, juicy center of the candy and spend less time on, on background and context and details and hemming and hawing and stuff like that. So, um, I'm working, I'm working on that. Um, like I said, the, the 30 minute daily podcast is a no regret effort. Um, and, uh, and so to kind of dive into it this week, I've been decided to focus on, uh, the work of Jeff Lemire, a writer who, um, has, uh, I think been fascinating for me to watch, uh, to watch his career, to watch his work progress, um, because I, he really began as a, a very indie kind of creator, um, you know, famously um, wrote and drew and published uh, 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 Essex County, which I'm going to talk about on Thursday's throwback, uh, published by Top Shelf, and um, uh, just sort of a great work of Canadian, you know, slice of life, um, you know, very much introduced us to the Lemire um, essence. And I think he has certain thematic threads that, um, have carried over, uh, sort of extraordinary fashion into where his career has gone. And so after the success of a number of his independent works, he did some series for Vertigo, Vertigo, like, um, Sweet Tooth and, um, and Trillium. And, uh, now has actually sort of almost fully crossed over into the mainstream. Um, he still does some independent, independent projects, um, on Friday, I think I'm going to talk about Black Hammer, number one, a new series that he started over at uh, Dark Horse. Um, but he's been writing for Valiant and for a long time was, uh, you know, sort of deeply in, embedded in the DC universe, uh, writing a number of DC books, including uh, Green Arrow. Um, talked a little bit about that yesterday with um, Andrea Sorrentino. Um, he wrote Justice League uh, Dark, I think, Justice League United, did a little bit of uh, uh, Animal Man and the Animal Man Rot World series, um, uh, a number of other things for DC, but uh, but now he's sort of um, become one of the headliner Marvel writers, and he's writing, as I said yesterday, Old Man Logan. Um, he's reading. He's he's writing Moon Knight. He's writing Extraordinary X Men. Um, I think there's one or two other titles that he's working on with DC. I'm seeing, I'm sorry, with Marvel. Um, <laughs> Uh, but uh, what I want to talk about today is one of his image books. And so, again, <laughs> super prolific guy. He um, uh, is also writing a series called Descender um, with uh, art by Dustin Nguyen at Image. And then this mini series um, called Plutona um, with art by Emmy Lennox, which ended uh, recently. Uh, I think the fifth issue was, well, I think some of the issues were delayed. Um, but this collection has come pretty quick uh, after the, the last issue was released. Um, not too long ago, maybe a few weeks ago. Uh, and so I've read the, you know, I've sort of followed the story of Plutona, kind of excited about um, what this is, because it, basically what um, Lemire has done is to write a very indie feeling story that has the um, sensibility of a lot of his, you know, sort of Essex County, like Essex County type work. But, um, but there's also this presence of us of superheroes in the backdrop. Um, what Plutona is about is about a sort of a, a group of teenagers in very sort of you know group of teenager style. Your Rebel Without a Cause, your Breakfast Club, your you know um, ragtag hodgepodge collection of of, of 
um, adolescents uh, or maybe kids. Um, and there's four of them and, and the little brother of one of them. And they kind of um, come together in circumstances, bring them into the woods one night where they find the body of a fallen superhero, uh, which is the titular uh, Plutona. And um, and then they the, the story unfolds as they try to figure out what to do about this discovery. And um, it's fascinating because Lemire, as a weaver of stories about, you know, sort of everyday folks and kids who are, you know, fatherless or, <laughs> you know, uh, 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 bittersweet, you know, broken romances over, over you know, multiple decades, that sort of, uh, that sort of very indie alt kind of story um, is now firmly entrenched in a superhero world. And so it's, it's interesting to think about Plutona possibly as a kind of uh, uh, commentary on the experience of witnessing superheroes, uh, of being a, a fan, a nerd, a, um, you know, a superhero uh, aficionado, and then, but, then, but then to still be dealing with the anxieties and the, the um, longings of everyday life. Um, if I were to try to capture the Lemire um, sensibility essence, uh, what I call the, the, the Lemiricism, sort of Lemire lyricism, uh, I, I would, you know, put kind of a working definition that he, he is able to um, use the, the quality of comics to convey this wistfulness, uh, often without words, um, but, but, you know, obviously in the combination of words and images. And that wistfulness is, is very much the response of, you know, our, our human longings um, that are unmet, um, that, that, um, that reach out and search. Um, and I think that's what Lemire does really, really well. Um, in the first issue of Plutona, as the story starts, you know, the, the first images are this escaped costume superhero Plutona kind of fallen in a field with flies around her. And immediately we're thrown into this idea of the apparent mortality of the superhero, you know, like she's literally fallen from the sky down to earth. And, uh, you know, for Jeff Lemire and, and people of roughly our generation, I think he's about a, maybe a decade older than me. Um, uh, I'm 35. I don't know if I, sorry if I got that wrong, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, I think we have experienced growing up with heroism, um, but at the same time, that heroism always being brought low. Um, I mean, I, I came up as a kid post-Watchmen, um, and so at the very same moment that we were being taught um, the, you know, the, the construct of, a, of the superhero, we were also witnessing the deconstruction of it and um and so our experience uh, my experience of the superhero narrative has always been both its assertion and its subversion at the same time and um and you know kind of a kind of a spoiler um whether or not plutona has really fallen and whether or not the superheroes are really fallen in this story is um is open to question um and and from there from plutona in the field fallen with flies around her um, there's a, there's a setup and we meet sort of the four core characters, four and four and a half. That's not right. Four plus one <laughs> core characters, four plus one, because one of them is my and her younger brother, Mike, and they're fairly attached. So I'd probably say five, um, but you meet the four kind of core characters and 
in, in sort of four pages in a row, you, you start with a close-up of each of their eyes. You see them getting ready for school in the morning. You see them putting on their outfits. You see their interactions with their parents. And the start of the day cycle does the beautiful work of characterization that Lemire has always been you know, so, so really good at. And I should say, Emmy Lennox, who's the artist on this, um, previously had, um, oh, I think it was a webcomic um, that was called Emmy Town that's been collected in two volumes, also by Image. I, I, Emmy Town's really fun, um, but it definitely didn't prepare me for this because I didn't realize, I think the way that Emmy Town tells stories, it feels like a lot of webcom- webcomics sort of autobiographical and um, real funny and occasionally snarky and... Um, you know, kind of hip, <laughs> um, but but not the kind of, you know, long-form sequential storytelling that um, Lennox has really shown off in this book that she can really capably do. So um, love that about it. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, you, you start, so you meet the four characters um, at the beginning of the day. And I got, got to admit that when I started reading this, I, my, I felt super deflated because uh, I'm not a comics creator. I, I don't think of... I don't think I ever will be. <laughs> um, but the one comic idea that I've ever had and developed at all in my head was actually set up exactly like this. Um, I it basically was inspired, and I say this as also commentary about this comic, but inspired by watching shows like Lost or Orange is the New Black, you know, kind of the ensemble cast where every episode took one character and saw, uh, you know, the story through that one character's eyes and also flashback to where that character was separate. And that, you know, obviously it's fun as a a TV show about people, you know, stranded on an Island or, or people who wound up have wound up in prison. But, um, the, the way I thought about it, and of course I thought about this because I'm a, a high school teacher is the ways that every day you show up in a classroom and there are, you know, 34, 35 other students who came from their own individual worlds and who will go back to those own individual worlds but then they show up in this classroom and there's this interaction uh where they bring a little bit of the world that they came from into the interaction and then some new you know some new um chemistry is catalyzed in those relationships and that was always fascinating to me as a teacher just somebody who's trying to be mindful of 35 individual souls who are coming from 35 individual story life stories um and i just thought would also make very interesting storytelling Anyway, I said all that, <laughs> sort of blown my one comic book idea, um, because that's actually what exactly what they did in issue one. And so uh, you have Teddy, who's tracking news about superheroes. He turns out to be what he calls a cape watcher. Um, he, you know, takes notes about um, you know all the the real, the superheroes in, in the nearby town, and he's sort of our analog for the superhero aficionado. Um, and by the way, when you see him taking these notes, the superhero names that Lemire um, comes comes up with and almost kind of throw throw throws away out here are just hilarious um combat who's kind of a batman character but um dr bion and uh silhouette it's just, they're great um and then you know you meet uh, we meet diane um who you know has very caring parents but is sort of exploring her own rebelliousness and put, throwing together her leather jacket with spikes um, but meanwhile has to you know is very careful to take care of her dog Loki <laughs> and uh, you know, says I love you to her parents. And then you move to Ray and his drunk dad and sort of, uh, you know, the, the backstory that makes you understand why this kid is such a bully. Um, and then you meet Mai, uh, who's on the cover of the first issue. And Mai has, you know, obviously very intensely concerned parents has to take care of her brother who's sort of lost in his game boy, concerned about Diane staying over. And, you know, just all these things that are 
adolescence, basically. Um, and they walk to school. They all run into each other. And I think in these moments, in this first issue, you really start to see Lemire's gift, uh, and actually, to be fair, Lemire and Lennox's gift for characterization. You know, with the character design, um, the, the little bits of their, you know, their features, their fashion, um, a few quick lines of dialogue in interaction with each other, or sometimes their silences, the ways that they don't speak, or the way that the ways that you're waiting, you know, waiting for Teddy to speak up for himself, and then when he finally does, is I think an interesting measure and in creation of his character, um, or the characterization that happens in the wordless portraits of them as they're at school or walking home, and you just, I mean, they're very alive, and the the characters are just uh, very finely drawn. Um, you know, you see my and Diana's relationship and this jacket that Dan's put together to sort of try to express herself and how my loves it, borrows it, grabs it, won't return it, you know, and here's Ray and Teddy, who he always calls uh, Teddy Tugger, um, being taunted. Um, and, and, you know, as I said, when, when will Teddy speak up for himself? And so, you know, you, you just, there's just great character creation, character building. And I think that's one of Lemire's gifts is that he knows how to use, um, a spareness of words and also the silences and um, to um, kind of run through the kinds of interactions that, um, you know, answer the questions for us of what's going on with this kid or what's going on with this woman or this man. And, um, and I think it's done really, really well. Now, of course, it's done in the context of this tale that's being set up of Plutona. Um, and, um, in the end of the first issue, you actually see a little bit of superhero fare. I think very importantly, this is, you know, drawn by Emmy Lennox in the main, and then the, the superhero background story is drawn by Jeff Lemire. Um, most of the books that I'm talking about, except for Essex County this this week, aren't actually um, drawn by Lemire. Uh, I think tomorrow I'm going to talk about an interview he does with Matt Kent, and so you can say similar things about he and Kent's art, but both Lemire and Kent, and, you, you know, you could actually kind of... Um, portray um, Emmy Lennox's art this way too, I think have a very important and intentional two-dimensionality. Um, they're, um, they, you know, most of their art, and some would look at this as a deficiency of skill or craft or whatever, most of their art looks pretty two-dimensional. There's, of course, there's backgrounds and there's some perspective and um, actually some of the scene setting that uh, and the and the scene establishing that Lennox does in here here is uh, is really quite quite well done um, but uh, I'm trying to decide whether or not I should go into detail on that no I better not <laughs> I won't go off that diversion um, but there's an important two-dimensionalism to their art because you know like as an example there's very rarely foreshortening done with their limbs Um the way you do, the way you'd expect when you look at a superhero comic, you know, where their arms are moving into the, into the uh, camera, so to speak, um, or there's like a dynamic angle. And for the most part, characters are, you know, either front view or profile, um, and uh, and if or or sort of three quarters. But if so, they're sort of framed by the panel, so you don't have to figure out too much anatomy. Um, it's and I think that's actually a really important thing in terms of the kinds of stories that they tell. Because I think there's something that happens. I mean, you can call this the uncanny valley um, effect, where uh, or or um, let's see what what else would I what I related to um, that the situation where if something is drawn in a, a hyper realistic way, they don't live in that sort of abstract world of ideas um, of symbolism that our our brains 
uh, are in. And so that realism is actually distancing. And I think um, one of the things I love about Lemire's art and um, and uh, when he does it, uh, as well as um, his, his compadre, Matt Kent, as well as what Lennox does here, is that there's a lot of, I think, very purposeful style. And that purposeful style is... I, not flat, but not um, not trying to um, capture realism. No, not trying to capture um, uh, the, a, a, a naturalism. I'd say um, not not trying to sort of capture the correct anatomy and the right proportion and so on, um, because that actually makes it feel less like you can relate to the character sometimes it makes it less it makes it feel more like an other um a real other person there's something in plutona and the characters where even in um in ray the sort of despicable bully character you can um empathize because of their uh their cartooniness their two-dimensionness and um and i think it's important for this story too because i think the story is all about how these kids who we can sort of relate to sort of again kind of breakfast club style um, put ourselves in the shoes of you know I think all of us have been there at some point with one of these characters um, their encounter with a superhero with the superhero world with the world of the extraordinary with the with a kind of world of fantasy um, now fallen now sort of slain in the woods um, is uh, it, I think it's important that they're not real you know, because it's about the reality of facing and dealing with a kind of unreality. Um, these kids are, you know, at the precipice of a kind of death of innocence, as you see in um, in their relationships, in the ways they sort of subtly betray each other, um, in the ways that they use each other, um, in the ways that they um, they you know lie to each other. Um, you can see that they're at that age where they're having to work out how their own individual human longings um, separate them from each other, uh, from other people, and that sense of alienation as an adolescence, as an adolescent that just, um, you can't help it, you know, you can't help, you, you, you're always playing with fire, you're always playing with things that are much bigger than yourself, and you want that, and you're desperate for that. Um, you know, it's a very sort of Erickson developmental stage kind of thing. And I think um, Plutona explores that because here again you have a, a you know somebody who represents a kind of ambition or ideal um, the maybe the um, the the fiction that we're all taught as a kid of uh, of invincibility of possibility um, literally as I said fallen from the sky and now what do you do with the body the corpse of that situation. Um, and the the little extras that come at the end of each part, again, drawn by Lemire, so they look different, but are really kind of the story of Plutona. Um, you have um, Plutona going out and doing her superhero business and fighting a supervillain. Uh, and eventually that story, of course, comes into a kind of fruition to explain what's gone on um, and how Plutona's body has ended up here, um, which I won't sort of spoil. But, um, but that those uh plutona stories are you know about plutona but they're also about simultaneously her daughter and her grandmother and her daughter's anxiety worry about um her mother going out there and i think that uh really kind of brings home what the the comic is talking about 
the comic is talking about this sense that, you know, what appeals to us about superheroes kind of as kids, not unlike what appeals to us about, um, you know, our Uncle Joe <laughs> or, um, or, or, or our sports stars or our celebrity heroes, um, that there's an inevitable fall from grace. Uh, that we need to put them on the pedestal that we do, and yet um, so much of the um, individuation that happens as as teenagers, as we sort of grow into our adulthood, is a matter of seeing them fall from from their you know pedestals. And then, what do we do with that? Can we try to grab some of that for ourselves? Can we try to do we need to bury it? Do we need to hide the fact of of our heroes? Uh, falling and dying and then what comes of it at the end um and i think that's a theme that actually um lemire's explored before and he's even explored directly with the idea that the the sort of notion of having a superhero um obsession um that's something that's there in um, essex county as well and um and i think it's a part uh, sort of part and parcel of what i said at the top is lemire's thematic obsession with the sense of longing and loss um, that as we kind of grow into our, um, you know, I think this is a very Jungian sort of psychological framework <laughs> where as we grow into um, whoever we are as adults, there's um, some unfinished, unfulfilled uh, sense of completion that should have been there or comfort that should have been there and wasn't. And we're sort of spending the rest of our adulthoods picking at that wound. Um, and I think he does it um, in, a, in a really pretty beautiful way um so plutona is is i think um you know as, I, as i've already tried to say very complimented by um lennox's art um i think she uh she and Jordi belair on colors uh here's our Jordi belair collective again <laughs> the Jordi belair um you know uh wonder working factory of color um really create this these characters and this world that has a kind of timelessness, um, sort of, you know, 20, 20th, 21st century. Um, yeah, I don't know, teenage, teenager <laughs> boiled down into four or five essential characters. Um, and they, uh, and I think they carry off the art with, um, a plum, <laughs> a plum, a plum, a plum and um and you know even i think the the presence of a, a the rare presence in this of the adults or the uh, superhero figures um kind of they don't, don't they, they feel other because it's so clear that this adolescent world is its own self-contained world and yet they don't feel like th they're ill-fitting they don't feel like they don't belong they feel like the intrusion that they actually are they are the same world but they're you know, sh shunted off to the corners. Um, so many of the, the images of the adults are, you know, Muppet babies style, you know, half frame or their, their faces are turned away. You see their bodies, but you don't see their, their faces. And I think it's a, it's a brilliant representation of the feeling of being a teenager, uh, an adolescent. Um, so high praise for the art that I could definitely go on more with. Um, yeah, I, I think that the critique that I would have of Plutona is there's somebody somewhere going to feel like this story is very unsatisfying. Um, and that's obviously, a, I think that's obviously intentional, but you can still, I think, uh, gripe. You can, you can um, 
be justified in complaining that um, there's uh, some, a lot of unfulfilled promise, I think, about where this story might go. And I, it's very intentional that it stays small and it stays very character-driven and concerned about primarily the relationships of these five teenagers. I think that if you know, if you sort of turned them into heroes or you had some crazy uh, expansion of the world beyond them in the woods and them in the schools and, and, and in the neighborhood, then you'd kind of betray the fundamental um, point. Um, but I still think that as far as what you explore and, and the depth is, depths that you can explore of each of these characters, well, I mean, maybe you could have done more or maybe understated was the whole point. And uh, understated is a good word, I think, for um, the gifts of what Jeff Lemire brings to comics. So um, this has been Plutona. Definitely encourage you to check it out. And um, tomorrow we'll be back. And I think what I'm going to do is talk about the new new comics that are coming out on Wednesday um, this week that I'm that I'm looking at. Um, some from Lemire himself, and then I will also uh, talk a little bit about um, it's you know it's a wide world of comics, but. I'm going to talk about an interview um, that Jeff Lemire did of Matt Kent for Paste Magazine. I think it typifies um, those dudes and their relationship um, pretty well. So that's it. Thank you. Um, hope I can hear from some of you. And uh, keep reading. <laughs>